You're listening to the 90-10 rule. 90% business, 10% music. Today on the 90-10 rule, we sit down with artist manager Al Lozano and discuss what's happening with his imprint, Gold House 78. How he gets his artist careers to grow, navigating and creating his own path, and what it means to fall in love with the process instead of the product. But first, this. That ain't fucked up now. <laughs> Hell no, I ain't nervous. Money on my mind, on my grind. Yeah, it's time to go to work. Yeah, it's time to go to work. And nigga, fuck you, jerks. I only see red taste blood, fresh meat when it's time to go to work. Hell yeah, when it's time to go to work. Money on the way now, getting paid every day now. Calling money like hey, send the money on the way now, getting paid every day now. For the nine to five nigga to the dope boy, bagging up the worst, still trapping out the flip phone. Had the two way test, bad bitches had a beer with the other hand, came through the window like brother man. Hold up, y'all still smoking out the roller. Got a black beard, pussy like cherry color. Caught your baby mama, she was pushing out the stroller. See a flat pad, but she like the roller coaster. How I know you bitches would be feeling it when the time still wanna know, selling it. Only the one thigh niggas in the trillion it. Catching. 20,000, I be peeling it Black Santa later on, I'ma make a reindeer I been working so hard, so hard I just wanna quit break No, it ain't time, we on tour for a couple months Need a fat ass, what's the end quit state? Well done Hell no, I ain't nervous Money on my mind, on my grind Yeah, it's time to go to work Yeah, it's time to go to work Nigga, fuck you, jerks only see red taste blood fresh meat when it's time to go to work. Hell yeah, when it's time to go to work. Callin' the money like hey. Send the money on the way now. Getting paid every day now. Callin' the money like hey. Send the money on the way now. Getting paid every day now. I ain't feeling no pressure, I'm conditioned to get it Loaded up in the bourbon, we dripping in every city U.S., I mean us, cause all I'm seeing is us Before the Uber was popping, we sit up things on the bus I'm fornicating with life, fuck them, I want the bus Mama caught me in the backyard, I first learned to cut Little badass boy, I was chilling the cut I remember mama first when I first got cut Now you the guy with the reputation tricking the time But we done tricked out, man, we ain't tricking the night He's a losing mind, he's just searching for love When you grew up with your parents, they ain't show you no love They cut the bullshit, man, man I'm trying to put up for my hood shit, man, man I gotta draw straight class Scooter got his eyes on you Don't try to push shit, man, man And let me get in this shit Promise Kiana that I would prosper No problem, we probably taking it all And so you slipping, no sorry I dealt with it too long Really became a problem with straight heads and cheese For my day one problems I like that was Clocking In by Scotty ATL and BJ the Chicago Kid here on the 9010 Rule. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are again with another episode of the 9010 Rule. I am Kevin Davis and I got Brian Jennings with me. What up, B? What's going on, listeners? And today we have Al Lozano. Give us a little bit about Al. Well, 
Al, Al is on, I've known Al for a, a long time here. Uh, we, we, we started out together doing a lot of things. And um, right now, what he's pushing is uh, Gold House and uh, one of the most talented artists I've ever come across, uh, Vils. Well, matter of fact, let's, let's start in and let's just, let's just talk to Al before we get into all that. Al, you on the mic, man? Yeah, what up, what up? What's good, man? Glad good. you could make it into the studio. Yeah, the impromptu, uh, hey, you want to do an interview? <laughs> right Well we are recording uh, Live on location uh, Right here Writing Sessions of America ATL So I mean There's there's tons of people here That are, are networking and, and sharing contact And influences here For the conference So it's great that you had a chance To come through And uh, and participate um, if, if you would Talk to us a little bit About uh, Well Yeah As an artist manager uh, talk to a little bit about your story and, and kind of how you got to today. Man, really, um, and that's funny that we have known each other for a long time. You asked me the other day, like, what, what year was that that we met? And I think it made me call nice, and we went through this whole, hey, what year was that? You know what I'm saying? Because you were like, when was the remix era? I think it was 06. Mm-hmm. We might have put it out at 07, but I think we did it in 06. But, um, uh, yeah, so I didn't even manage artists. I was managing a producer at the time. Mm-hmm. And that really just came about because... Uh, Man, I've always had friends that did music, and then um, I didn't do music, but I always ended up with these friends, like no matter where I lived or where I moved to, that just, I ended up being around them and telling them about, you know, my thoughts on music. And then, uh, I don't know what happened, I was at a wedding, and um, it, I, was a, I was a groomsman, somebody else was a groomsman, he kept on telling me about his, uh, his cousin who produces and I was like, man, I'm not really trying to hear that right now. You know, and he was like, well, no, nah, we'll just go to the car. We'll go to the car. I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, me being very um, opinionated in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to give this like 30 seconds. You know, because you can know it like within 30 seconds. And the dude put it in in 30 seconds. I was like, damn, that shit's hot. <laughs> you know, in my mind, I'm like, yo, that shit's dope. And I'm like, okay, let me go to the next song. That shit was hot. I was like, damn. I was like, can't be three. You know, it was like an eight song CD or something like that. And the next one was dope. I, he kept on telling me to play the songs. I was like, no, 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 I'm already done. Who is your cousin? Like, and he just started going in about it. And um, it happened to be nice. And I ended up going to his house. And he was making beats on a fucking, like a little, you're not even supposed to make beats on them. I don't know what it is. Because somebody <laughs> wanted to buy one. And they were like, yo, can you send me the session? And I was like, what, what is a session? So that's another thing. Me and my um, first producer that I was managing, we learned... The, I learned all this terminology and the proper way to do things out of necessity. Like people were just telling me, oh, well, you got to get Pro Tools. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you need to track it out. Oh, okay. Then we would listen to it and me and Nice would be in the truck like, sounds like shit. Why does it sound like that? Then from one engineer to another engineer, you know, that's how I ended up learning like just the, um, the sonics of everything. But from there I was, uh, you know, from that producer to another producer, Finally, like, I don't know, three, four years in, I'm like, man, I'm spending so much money on producers and not making any money, you know, trying to manage them and build them up. I'm learning. Then I started getting into the club business. That put me more into, like, entertainment and, like, nightlife, which is one of the reasons why I met Kev. And then, uh, yeah, then I just decided to uh, start my own, you know, record label. And uh, instead of managing an artist, you know, I signed a couple artists. Dope, dope. Yeah. 
So uh, there was a lot of pitfalls in that, though. There was a lot of expensive learning lessons. Yeah, I know that was <laughs> that was the abbreviated version, man. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know how much how much you want to want to go into that, man. But I, I do want to hear about some of those lessons that you learned, and from like working with Nice to working with other producers, or traveling to different conferences. Oh right, and, right, right. Uh, like I, I remember at one time, like matter of fact, I, I got to give uh, respect where it is. Because when I, I linked up with Al and, and like my my record label was working with his producers and we were all like out and, and about and doing things, he was one of the first ones that he told us, yeah, man, so yeah, my people is N-E-R-D, right? <laughs> and at the time, I'm thinking like, oh, okay, cool. You know, N-E-R-D, that's, yeah, I know who they are. That's dope, but I'm not expecting nothing. Man, when they came to town... Kev, yeah, come through. I want to introduce you to Pharrell and Chad. Oh, yeah, you came okay. to the show. That's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, so when they came to town, boom, backed it up. Here they are. So now, and I think Deshaun Smith got the picture somewhere. Yeah, me where, and Fate. I was with Fate that, yeah. that night, right? Yep. Yeah, so, um, well, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that, man, about some of your experience. Oh, like like knowing them? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, man, I grew up with them. I grew up with... um. Actually, I grew up out of all of them, probably like Pusha T and Malice. We lived like around the corner from each other. Like me and me and Pusha rode the same bus, like spent the night at each other's houses. Like we know each other, you know what I'm saying? And um, and then Pharrell, I met Pharrell through one of my, we had a mutual best friend. And then Chad used to, uh, he, my brother was like a good, like a, a real popping um, DJ. And Chad used to like, you know, I guess he was trying to DJ or he did something. So he was always around. So I know him too from like riding BMXs and shit. Like going from like not having a car to having a car. Then he's like in college for a saxophone scholarship. And then he's like, you know, producing hit records, which is fucking crazy. But, you know, I mean, even from that, like even from when me and Pusher, you know, went to school together, we were very, since my brother was a DJ, and his brother was a rapper, and he didn't rap at the time. We were just like, you know, we used to skateboard every day. And uh, we were just very picky about, like, artists and, like, rap and, like, lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But, I mean, you know, I don't really, like, bring that up a whole lot because it's, <clears throat> you know, people tend to uh, think, oh, well, you know them. You should be on. And it's like, nah, that doesn't. That was their path, you know what I'm saying? My life took a totally different path from theirs. Like, I haven't lived in Virginia Beach since, I don't know, like 95, 96. Mm -hmm. But I would constantly see them. I would always go back because I have friends there, other friends there, and what I would always go back. And then I'd see them out on the road. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Like, you know, but, and their their path was so much ahead of mine that, you know, everything that I learned they, I don't even think they could have told me because like when I started to get really serious about it, that's when like music started to shift. Like they came in like the Neptunes, I guess, started producing 96, 97. And then the clips came out in like 2000, but then music changed. Like Napster came out in what? 01, 02. Mm -hmm. And then I started managing in 05. So, you know, the landscape of music changed drastically like when I first started managing a producer we could get like you know three to eight hundred bucks a track 
now uh, within that same management period, that producer, I think, started doing tracks for like a hundred bucks, 150 bucks. You know, it just got cheaper and cheaper because then the equipment started dropping. You know, everybody had an inbox. That was like, when did the inbox come out? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. like it just totally changed, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, the inbox, Lil Wayne was banging out vocals in his hotel room on that documentary. Right. That was like, what, 07, 08? Yeah, I don't know the exact time frame, but I do understand what you're saying as far as... It changed drastically. Access. People had access to the, the equipment that allowed them to be able to do as many songs as they felt like doing in a sitting. And because of that, because of all the access, it dropped the prices of everything because it was so accessible. Man, and then like to say that you did music means nothing. You know, like I I see it in people's faces. They're like, oh, what do you do? And, you know, I don't tell them my day job because that's what I do. I don't aspire to do that. I'm already good at that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like aspiring to like be great in music. So I tell them, oh, you know, I do music too. And they'll be like, oh, and I can see it in their face like, (laughs) <laughs> Who the fuck doesn't do music? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you, and then it, then it changes when I play it because, like, you know, they hear it and they're like, "Oh shit, this isn't like, you know, your Same cousin in the shit. bathroom. This right. is a real deal." Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's talk about because what people, how people perceive you right. to be on, like, like you were saying a second ago. Just because I, I grew up with Pharrell and them, don't mean that I am them or that I got. Access to all the things that they got. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I guess let's talk about, you know, what people think on is compared to what it really is, like a day in the life. I think, uh, I don't know. Like, I think people, like, to me, when you're on, you're actually, you could actually, you're, you're popular. You know, your shit is being played everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting a lot of write-ups and, you know, you can afford to live the life. But I mean, even within that, you know, slick is still an illusion to a certain point. You know, somebody gets signed. I know people that were signed and, you know, because of social media, man, I can go on for hours about this shit, but like because of social media and the way that, you know, the shit has changed over the years, you could build this illusion that you're actually on when you're not. But building the illusion is actually how you get on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because like before there was, um, man, before there was gatekeepers to all the talent, right? When everybody what didn't have a home studio. So like these gatekeepers were already on and they found these talented people that would go through all these people and then, you know, pick one that they feel, pick a couple, sign or whatever. And they would get them to a point to where they're on. Now everybody is thinking they're on because they could like, you know, cut these songs in the room and there are some good ones in the, but there's like thousands of them within a city. You know what I'm saying? So to say like what it is to be on, I think it's just like when you can, man, when you can afford to like <laughs> a real lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you're not just scrambling. Like, you know, even, um, even if you're doing shows, you know, I know a lot of people that are doing shows and you could look at their Instagram and you'd be like, damn, they're popping. And you call somebody in that city, hey, did you go to that show? Yeah, it was like nobody there. But that little, you know, that little square on the Instagram page mm-hmm. could have 20 people jumping around in it, and it looks crazy. You know, I've noticed that with doing parties. You take a picture, man, you take a picture of a crowd, and I know the numbers when I look at them. Like a, a room of 500 people in a picture mm-hmm. looks like 1,000 people. Easy. Easy. You know what I'm saying? And that could have been 500 people at like 45 minutes of the night. 
but the illusion is that there was a thousand people in there all night. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, music is, the industry is crazy, man. Like the party was always crazier than, than what it actually was. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Right. right. With you owning a couple clubs and, and you were kind of talking about your or experience. Managing, and, yeah, I, was, I managed a club. Okay. So in, in that, with trying to fill the room, like is, yeah, I, I guess was your experience in, in managing the club and trying to fill the room and keeping uh, people coming back every week. Is that similar to your experience with trying to draw ears to your artists? Man, it's, uh, it's all marketing. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, to get to the people, whether they're coming in for parties or whether they're, you know, new ears and fans, it's all marketing. So, like, <clears throat> I, I never went to college. Well, I went to college, but it was, like, some bullshit. But, um, you know, I got an art background, so I was always, like, very, like, uh, detail-oriented when it came to things. Like, I could look at something. You know how the average person looks at something, and it's like, oh, that's a nice video. But somebody that knows videos could look at it and be like, hmm. It's like some shit. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because you know the level of what it's supposed to be for the industry standard, or just not even industry standard, just like from a creative, artistic, you know, standpoint. Like quality. Yeah, you just know quality. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's something that I, I brought to uh, everything that I've been a part of, like, entertainment-wise. You know what I'm saying? That's the... I feel like... That's the difference between, you know, my company and somebody else's company is the quality, ultimately. So talk to us about what you have going on now. What, I know that you have an artist that you're working with. Give, yeah, us, give I, us a little bit of info about the artist. Um, yeah, I got an artist. I actually have two artists. Um, one by the name of That Guy Soda. He's from Minnesota. He's a rapper. And then I got um, Vils. Uh, he's, a, uh, he's a singer from Florida, South Florida. Um, and that's what we've really been pushing for the past year. His career literally, like, took off, uh, I would say, in, like, July of last year. Um, he had a single called 420 AM uh, that premiered on Complex. And then uh, we dropped it on MTV Jams, and they still play it on Jams. We actually dropped another video the j- to, for Jams, and they don't even, they played that for, like, a hot second. They still run 420. So, um, and then Empire does our uh, distribution. So uh, he had an eight song EP called Till the End of Summer that came out last November. And then we dropped a, um, like, a like a five or six song EP uh, in July of this year. And then we're gearing up for um, uh, the release of his next album, Ego, which should be out like early next year. Dope, dope. But, that, but that's a whole different story too. I mean, like, you know, going from managing producers to artists and then, you know, having some artists that actually understand your vision for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like something I tell them all the time is like, yo, I, I believe in you. Like, I, I wholeheartedly believe in you. I wouldn't have been, you know, I wouldn't have signed you. But it doesn't matter unless you believe in yourself more than I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I can constantly think, like, outside of the box and push them but if they don't feel like that about themselves, then it's never going to work. And that was like, that's some of the pitfalls with managing just period, you know. And even, um, it's crazy because managing talent is, is, 
it's still like running a business when you're just managing period, you know, the way that you talk to people, the way that you, you know, try to encourage them or build them up or, you know, strengthen their strengths and, you know, push their talents and shit, you know, that plus then there's all the back end business shit that you might try to explain. They don't even give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, it's definitely, um, yeah, there's a lot that I've learned over the past, what, eight years, seven years? Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, because, yeah, I mean, I, I know since we know each other, like I've, I've seen a lot of your story, and it's crazy because we've, and in some ways mm-hmm. I feel like we we swapped roles because when, when you started out, uh, managing a producer with Nice, right? I was doing Hunter Spoke, running a label right. with Droop and Chance, and and uh, right, the other producers right. that you had on your label, right? Right. So like, yeah, Duck O and Six and all of that, right? Right. And then uh, Swap. So now you running the label, right? And uh, well, most my I guess my most recent uh, thing was the managing the producers, like. Putting, trying to create some avenues for right. for Duck O and Six, um, who who now are uh, the ear drummer Duck and, right, and right. Uh, Six, Six Sense, Sense right. with the the Drake placements and everything. This Mike Will and Boy Wonder and you know all of that universe. Right, so, right. man, it's it's just dope to see your your growth and your progression and to see how you s- still moving forward. It's like every time something happens, you pick up a lesson and you shine it up and keep rolling into the next project, man. So it's just dope to see. Your growth man i appreciate that man like yeah you know i don't i don't really stop and think about it all the time because it's like you just you just keep going i guess you know like sometimes you guys ask you know other people um you know well, what is it you know why, why is it you keep doing it and it's like you just got to like it's just it's just in me you can't you not know? do it yeah exactly mm-hmm. you know and i'm the type of person that i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna half-ass anything like i'm constantly thinking and critiquing like okay what went wrong you know what I'm saying? Or why didn't that work? You know, and you just learn and you just constantly, you got to evolve. And like, man, if you look at everything that you've been through to uh, like all the pitfalls, <laughs> you might quit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. you know, and if you look at how much money you spent, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man, I just can't not do it. We the only thing, bro.
music all the fuck we got Mama told me, boy, they want your soul Don't let nobody tell you nothing wrong All that talking never broke a bone Little niggas just get it on Mama told me, boy, they want your soul Don't let nobody tell you nothing wrong All that talking never broke a bone Look, nigga, just get it on Rolling with my nigga swinging If you had to say one thing from your progression so far that you want to pass on to other people to avoid, what would you say the biggest the biggest mistake you see that you saw yourself maybe make or a lot of people making around you? Oh man. Um in my position, I would say uh leadership skills and management skills because like you need that if you're going to run any productive team and I just learned that so I've been doing music what since like 05 right so I just realized or I just really started you know learning and um studying like leadership and management probably like I would say it was 12 it was actually it was actually the summer of 2012 and within that time frame, you know, I've, I don't read books. I listen to audio books all the time, but I've, I've listened to like, man, over 50 of them, you know, and they're all like, you know, all about the same thing, but from different perspectives, mm-hmm. you know? So I would say definitely that you have to learn if you're going to be, if you're going to try to run a team, you definitely need to know how to like manage people. Because if not, you'll, 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 you'll try to have like these great intentions and you just don't realize you should just let it go. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. you know, you, you don't see that the, you know, I think there's like a rule or something like that. It's like the 80 20, right? Is it 80 20? Like 20%? No, it's the 90 10 rule. Right. Just kidding. Yes, 80 20 rule. It's 80 20, right? Mm-hmm. Like the 20% of your profits or whatever come from, well, no, 80% of your profits come, come from, from 20, your 20% yeah. of your talent, right? Right. So, you know, I would say it would be that, man. Because I spent, look, how many years was that? That's 10 years. Uh, 12 was three years ago. So I spent seven years. I should have been reading those books like in 06. Right. Man. But you know what I think a, a lot of people don't realize is that you, and and I have to remind myself sometimes because you do get a little, especially quote unquote chasing this dream. Right. Um, you get a little excited, but you can't skip the process. Like every every <sighs> nah, time man. you fall down and get back up, that's part of it. And see, that's the thing is like, okay, you know, from the business side of it, from the ninety percent side of it, right? It's uh, it's it's still the same. Really, at its core, it's still the same business mindset of any other business. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, from you know, hard work to relationships to, you know, um, just a lot of different things. But I mean, it applies to every other business, you know, and that's, that's the difference between somebody that's been in business and somebody that's trying to get into a business. You know, for me, you know, I I own a whole nother business that I've been doing for like 16 years, but um, it's more of like a lateral move. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? From one business to another business. You know, for somebody else, you know, they're just still trying to do business, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they start to learn. That's why I give a lot of credit to the guys that were on the show um, and the females that have like went and started trying to do music straight out of college. Like That was their first, you know, if you listen to their stories, their mindset about business was right where it needed to be. You know, that's why they like stayed consistent and persistent and you know, that passion and that drive still with like them understanding how to get a real job, it works. You right. know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, I hear you guys talk about this all the time. It's not club nights and chicks. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not that. It's real life. You know, somebody's got to be at the office the next morning, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, and they'll test you with that too, man. I, I remember when uh, I started uh, booking shows, when I became a booking agent. And matter of fact, I was representing Roscoe Dash. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, he was my exclusive client. I mean, we did others, but you know, we had. Yeah, I him booked on um, uh, uh, YG. YG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, matter of fact, which which future was I know on? That. Right. You know what's crazy is me and my girl were riding in the car the other day, and uh, future was bang. Like you know, we were playing. Of course, we were listening to future, and I was like, "Yo, do you know how long he's been out?" I was like, do you remember Rax? She was like, yeah. I was like, you know Future was on that? She was like, nah. <laughs> Man, I pulled it up and everything. I think I mm-hmm. bought the single. I'm like, yeah, look at that. And, you know, it was, um, it was Tay Rock, man, DJ Tay Rock. Because I used to, you know, from Barflies, I used to book Tay Rock once a month. And I remember I would always talk to him like, yo, so what's the new talent, you know what I'm saying, coming out of the A? And he was like, man, there's this dude named Future. He was like, he's on the YG joint, but he got some shit on his own. It's popping, man. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah. And it happened like years and years later. But I mean, like even up until like right after Tay Rock told me that, it was still like Future was still doing numbers, like, you know, low key. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, going coming back from from that where we were booking shows left and right, man, and I, I started seeing how how it really worked on a national scale. And like when we were in Nashville, part of the reason I left Nashville was because I was like, there's just not and we talk about it all the time. Man. I'm like, yeah, matter of fact, what's my what's my phrase man, here? Man, dress rehearsal. <laughs> man, if I ever tell anybody whenever I tell anybody that Nashville is like dress rehearsal. <laughs> they go, oh shit, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I'm like, yo, that's Big Kev. Yeah, and and I mean, but that's exactly how I felt because being and I'm sure there's a, a listener out there that can relate to this. Going through a small town and trying to build, a, like we were a, a rap label, we all, all hip hop guys, and so we're navigating the city and trying to get into different clubs and so. And Nashville happens to have a huge music background. I mean, it's music city. That, that's one of the reasons, and I don't mean to cut you off because I know you might forget. You but, <laughs> That's one of the reasons why it is dress rehearsal, because we're not just, you know, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina, too, as well as Virginia Beach. But, um, you know, we're not we're not those, those cities aren't music cities. So there's no standard of how you do business in music in Nashville, even though it's still it's it's country or they want to make it not be country or whatever it is. You know, it's still rooted in business of music. You know, they got Belmont, they got MTSU. Mm-hmm. So even though, and that trains us, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we like, you know, we're not just running around just trying to do something. There's like people that actually know, people that went to school, you know, it's actually happening. It might not be in the field we want it to, but we still know the, the correct way of going about it. Right. So then like a lot of the people that have left Nashville and done well for themselves, they started in that background, mm-hmm. you know? And there's, there's actually a lot. Yeah, I, f- I feel like right. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there's definitely the quite a side? few. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, this is where, especially in Nashville, this is where people make their living and going up and down Music Row, where you see all those different publishing houses and CSACs right. there, ASCAPs on the corner, right. BMI, so on and so forth. And so, like, I'm I'm walking down the street. And I got frustrated as fuck one day because I'm looking at all the doors that are right there in front of me that they won't let me in. Man, but see, okay, have you been to like a lot of those mixers or the BMI? The uh, Christmas parties and all that, that, right? Yeah. Man, I'm so out of place in those rooms, man. Like I could just tell, like it's just, and maybe it's me, but... I don't know. It just, you could just, it, they're not looking for what we have to offer. You know, I'm not even mad at them though. It'd be like, you know, Nashville, somebody else told me this. Nashville is the white Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? You want to do music. <laughs> Seriously. The white Atlanta? It's the white Atlanta. I ain't heard that one, but. <laughs> Man, <laughs> have I'm one of them country artists come to like this. This is like a great thing for any kind of writer, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But right. within this genre. So you get a country artist comes in here, he's going to be like, uh, <laughs> you know, this is definitely music, but this is not the fit for me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's it, it's the exact opposite in Nashville. That's the way I feel. It's like it's a different context just based on the, right. the culture of the music. Right, right, right. I'm going to change that though. And there's other people that have changed it, mm-hmm. you know, to this point. Um, Shannon Sanders is actually uh, one of those people. Yeah. And he's, um, I think he's like the, I know he was on the Grammy board, but I think he's like the the head of the Grammy board now. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that, you know, I'm still going to help out and do my part. 
You know, Craig King is there too, but I see Craig King traveling so much. I mean, he's all over the place. I, I don't. I think Craig King is here though. He lives here. Is, does he live here yeah, now? Yeah. He lives here. He's been living here for a minute though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know he's from Nashville, right? I don't know, but I know he's been here ten years at least. Yeah. I remember when I first met him, I want to say he was in Nashville. And As a matter of fact, when I met you, Craig was here because he was working with yep. a girl named Asia Bryant. Yeah. yeah. Who was just on the that. Dr. Dre Compton soundtrack. Right. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Matter of fact, is she on, I forget what track it, yeah, I forget what track okay, it was. Okay, you know King Mez? Yeah. On that soundtrack? Um, he's actually from Raleigh, North Carolina, and somebody put me on to his music in 2012. And when I saw that, I don't, I don't follow his career or anything, but when I saw, you know, I looked at the track listing of uh, the Compton soundtrack and I saw King Mez, I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, I didn't even, I don't even follow. And now he was on, the, I think he was on the BET um, uh, Freestyle Cypher or whatever, the Hip Hop Awards. Mm-hmm. But um, that's another thing too, man, that I've noticed uh, just about being in this industry. The, if, if you're grinding... And it's it's halfway decent. If you keep grinding, you will eventually get there. You know, one of the main reasons why people don't get there is because they give up. Stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you do something long enough, <laughs> you're gonna get good at it. <laughs> Whether it's you know the artistry or you realizing that you're not an artist and you go into the business side of it. You're Ten thousand hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Ten thousand hours. That's super real. And another one of those books you probably read, The Outliers. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, I actually, I actually ripped the, uh, I had an engineer rip the, the portion about the 10,000 hours because, you know, audio books. And I had, uh, (laughs) I had my two artists and my producer in this, uh, uh, they went to Orlando to work with somebody else. And I like had them listen to just that section because I already know as artists, they're not going to listen to whole thing. four hours of this audio book. Mm-hmm. I'm like going to dumb it down. Hey, look, just listen to this section. You know, I need to actually do that more often. Another another great part would be um, from good to great. I can't remember the guy's name, but the hedgehog principle. You might want to look into that. Nah, oh, OK. Uh, then the, the name of the, um, the book is good to great. Good to great. But the, the actual portion is called the hedgehog principle. And Let me just, write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, you guys pay attention to that too. Yeah. I can't remember the author right now. It's a it's a red book. The name of it is Good to Great. And it just talks about the companies that were really good that figured out something to change them to a great company and had some lasting success with that. So good to great. Al, is there anything you wanna you wanna plug? How can the people find you, man? Um goldhouse78.com. That's kind of basic though. Uh you can find me on Instagram, uh, Mr. Underscore Lozano, L-O-Z-A-N-O. And then uh, my uh, Twitter is um, is the exact same thing, Mr. Underscore Lozano. L-O-Z-A-N-O, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming through, man. I appreciate it on the Humbug family. I know this is great, man. I get to um, look back at this four months from now. <laughs> when I'm on yeah. <laughs> So matter of fact Cause Al Like he started I texted him And told him Hey man I'm, Matter of fact I told him even before I was uh, We started recording For the podcast Right 
And uh, so I, I text him the link or whatever, like, hey, it's out, man. Go listen to it or whatever. First couple of days, he ain't listened to it, right? So when he started listening to it, he called me like, hey, Kev, yeah, man, this is great, man. I just want to say thank you, man. Yo, you do, you do your thing, right? <laughs> okay, so then after that, he was like, yo, all right, so I kept listening, man, and uh, I got an idea, man, X, Y, Z, and da-da-da-da-da. And then he called me back again the next day. Yo, so who is so-and-so? Because blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yo, like, it, right. he was really getting into it, I was man. really getting like, into it. What really got me was the uh, Serge Duran interview because, you know, um, our distribu- we got a distribution deal with uh, Empire, Empire right. right. So when I heard that, and I don't know Serge, um, when I heard that, that just sparked a whole nother, you know, thought process. Man, mm-hmm. I got thoughts for days, man. I got backup plans after backup plan, man. I, I just like constantly think about everything. Well, we look forward to when you come back. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, man. No problem. Thank yep. y'all. Visit us at the9010rule.com. That's 9010rule.com.